Heidi ho ladies and gents, and welcome to the Agent Carter radio program by Fantastic Geek. We are the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me once again is the man who says hubba bubba to the siren of the Strategic Scientific Reserve. It's Pete. What's buzzing, cousin? Hello, Matt. I'm just bullet. Bullet. <laughs> Here we are with uh, about, oh, four months or so uh, ahead of Agent Carter returning to those television airwaves. Is that all? <laughs> that is all. Um, just, just a mere 10 episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. away. Um, the triumphant return of our gal Peggy Carter, so close to the brink of cancellation, but brought back by you and you and we, the fans. And Pete, let's start with season two. Uh, another eight episodes again, in and out, two months? No, ten episodes, son. Everything about season two is bigger. Well, certainly exciting news that we're going to be getting 10 episodes. I think it is still um, undetermined, the effect that that will have on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I know, Pete, you have floated the idea that perhaps there would be an episode or two where, um, you know, it's maybe uh, Agent Carter on at 8 and S.H.I.E.L.D. on at 9. Um, do they take those two extra episodes away from the S.H.I.E.L.D. production? Um, if only because I assume uh, Agent Carter is a cheaper show to produce. Uh, all possibilities, I suppose. The trajectory, again, very clear. We're hurtling towards the uh, May 2016 uh, bowing in theaters of Captain America Civil War. And all the storylines, Matt, are poised in that direction. Oh, my. Even Agent Carter back in 1947? Indeed. Wow. Uh, a journey through space and time, some might say, Pete. Yes. You would not understand that reference. But, Pete, let's talk more about season uh, two. We see the return of Haley Atwell, James Darcy as Jarvis, Chad Michael Murray as uh, Thompson, and Enver Jokai as uh, a fan favorite, uh, Agent Sousa there. Uh, Pete, as of July, contract talks with Bridget Regan and Lindsay Fonseca were ongoing. Although uh, in September, Haley Atwell said that uh, Dottie would return. Well, if Haley says it's happening, it's it's happening. Um, it be, it's going to be interesting to see if uh, Dottie comes back. We know that you know her character uh, slunk away there out of the hangar in the finale for season one. Be interesting to see what kind of state she comes back in and what part of the narrative she inhabits. I would dare say that if you don't have uh, Lindsay Fonseca come back, someone has overplayed their hand because as capable an actress as Miss Fonseca is, I can't imagine that, um, like, let me put it this way. There's a, she hasn't been scooped up for to be a series regular on a network TV show, 22 episodes, for this upcoming year. So, I mean... Again, I feel like you should be able to get her. It's a question at the end of the day, I suppose, of not only timing, but of price. Um, but uh, fingers crossed there for, for both gals to return. Definitely. And Pete, uh, the early prognostications in the press anyway uh, suggest that uh, the baddie is going to be the character of former actress Whitney Frost, a.k.a. Madame Mask, who wears a gold mask to cover her disfigured face. It's Madame Mask Q, isn't it? It's it's that mask with the Q U E on there. I just it's 
it begs for the the flourish mask. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, I kind of I like that that um, intersection there of, of such a character who I admit I'm not particularly familiar with from the comics, but the intersection of her and uh, and Agent Carter uh, w- would seem to certainly be a good one. Yeah, and anytime you can get a a Bond esque gold mask wearing female bad guy, let's see, win, win, win. <laughs> Indeed, I suppose she loves gold. I like gold. <laughs> Pete, I dare say another character almost in season two will be the fact that they are using Los Angeles nineteen forty seven as a setting. And uh, Pete, can I can I drop a quote on you by uh, co-showrunner, co-executive producer Michelle Fazikas? I have a feeling it's going to happen anyway, so I'll allow it. Here we go. I, I heard this quote and I just loved it. Here's what she said: "What I love about LA is, uh, that is different than New York is that you have the spectacular wealth and glamour and beauty right next to the grit and crime, often right up against each other. Uh, so I love telling these stories. I love ugly things happening in beautiful places." We're very much being inspired by noir films. We keep talking about L.A. Confidential and Chinatown, those great stories where you find out one thing, you're investigating one seemingly isolated crime, and it unveils a huge web of conspiracy and awfulness. So we're getting inspired by that. And I just I love the notion that we get to go to 1940s Los Angeles. Pete. Yes, and I will give you a quote from Dottie in episode six. She's my mother. She's my sister. She's my mother. She's my sister. Wow. Wow. That's go- going going deep in the Chinatown quotes there. Uh, let's just hope nobody gets shot in the eye. Um, but I, I, I very much enjoy LA Confidential, and I, I love Chinatown. It's Certainly on my top ten, maybe might top out the top five if I actually had to sit down and and really rank these movies. But um, the notion that we can kind of go there, and I saw a quote, I think it was from from Jeff Loeb, who said that um, that there's more in Los Angeles that has not aged since the '40s uh, than in New York. So you can just, you know, you're already filming the show for realsies in Los Angeles, so you can find you know things like obviously you know the griffith griffith observatory and i think he also referenced uh musso and frank grill on uh i believe that's hollywood boulevard um but just these places that have been there and kind of are unchanged and you basically just you know you show up you put people in the right costumes maybe put some you know i don't know uh period newspapers out on the table or something like that and boom it's done it's 1947 so i like that they're kind of upping the ante production wise here well, it's got to be a lot easier than attempting to do New York on a West Coast-based uh, show. Yeah, I would certainly agree. The flip side is, I think back to that first season, I don't know that she was kind of out and about. I mean, she was out and about a lot, don't get me wrong, but I feel like it was kind of some of these very studio-contained type things, like sidewalk and cut to... What is going to be in any city? A you know computer effect shot where they pan up and it's you know it's it, it, it's all old timey. I like that maybe you could be a bit freer in Los Angeles and get more of that feel of authenticity uh, for the time period. And the back lotty shots there, you know, again, it was a it was a product of what it was, and I I think they came in, um, 
you know, it, it was an on the ground type of show. The show made no airs of being this enormous epic. And that's within saying that we're talking about a period based show. But yeah, you're right. Now that they're out uh, filming in Los Angeles, about Los Angeles, I think architecturally, they're going to have uh, much more, many more opportunities in terms of uh, the setting of the show. Should be fun, fun, fun. Uh, and I'll mention one other thing that I think it was also a Jeff Loeb quote, but somebody commented, now that Agent Carter is kind of, um, <laughs> for lack of a better word, you know, now that she's out as an agent, now that she can really be an agent in full force and, and you know, be an agent publicly within the SSR, um, that'll be a fun dynamic too where maybe they won't have to play with some of the the – glass ceiling overt sexism of the office anyway um which i know is a criticism of ours for the entire first season which yes. is yes it's appropriate and yes it's of the period but can we do something more with that can we break that glass ceiling and i know she didn't completely but uh you know or, or as we would have liked in the first season but maybe they can just hit the ground running with boom she's an agent and some people roll their eyes but she's out there kicking butt and everybody knows it and what more liberal setting than, you know, Hollywood in 1947 than to do that? Um, yes, there were norms, but the town was certainly challenging them. You know, let's let's shatter that ceiling. Enough of this. I know my worth stuff. No, you recognize. Right. Peggy Carter's worth, son. And I mean, look, it could be done so easily. There, there, there's no. Nobody has any has any um, illusions that this is a fiction show, and you know they're fighting these kind of you know mystical, not quite mystical, but you know it's kind of these fantastic bad guys and whatnot. If you just start early on, where it's like to set the tone of the show, where somebody says, you know, hey, it's 1947, get used to it. All right, now we don't need to kind of do a sexism storyline for the next nine and three quarter episodes. Yeah, and. You know, there's so much going on at that time. I really do think there needs to be a little bit of a distancing from from what they did at the end of last year. It's phenomenal that they got the vote of confidence to come back. So let's continue. Let's let's push forward. Absolutely. And I mean, assuming that the ratings if the ratings come in at the same place that they did last year, I don't know that that's an automatic renewal or a cancellation i don't quite know what that means because to average a one three and a one four i mean i mean we said goodbye to the show in in may uh, pardon me we said goodbye to the show in march and then kind of did a quick little you know get ready for the funeral in april and then just shockingly it came back in may so i guess my point is this is a show that should just go for broke each season that it gets and to be that best season that it can be and not particularly worry about managing the audience because it's going to be this is all going to be in the can before anybody sees the first episode, except for Pete, of course. <laughs> well, that Pete, any final kind of thoughts, predictions, etc. before it's uh, closer to the holidays and we talk about Agent Carter again? They're playing with house money here, and it's going to be fascinating to see the risks that they take given, you know, not only did they come back, but, you know, how often do you hear that a, a, a show that was on the bubble 
got more episodes upon an unlikely renewal. So I think we kind of have to go into this season saying we're getting more than we got before. And if that's how it ends, that you lay everything on the table. Love it, love it, love it. As stated, we will be back. Uh, if you're listening to us on the Agent Carter feed anyway, we'll be back. I would imagine um, the second half of December, somewhere in there, that's assuming that it's the first week or two in January that uh, that Peggy Carter files up, uh, fires up rather. Uh, no more filing for her, darn it. Um, <laughs> if, uh, if you're listening to us on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, uh, we'll be back next week. Pete, what are we going to be previewing, Pete? Some, some show? Yes, uh, that would be Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the, uh, the predecessor not the predecessor, the successor, right? Of the successor, uh, yes, yes, of uh, the SSR. There's a, there's a lot of S's, and you have to forgive me. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> yes, a lot, a lot of S's indeed. Um, but yeah, it'll be great to uh, be fully firing stuff up again uh, for Shield, and then uh, in two weeks' time, of course, resuming the uh, the weekly, the weekly um, Shield podcasts until. That runs out, and at that point, we'll be in the middle of uh, Jessica Jones probably twice a week, and then that'll probably be in its last couple weeks as we fire up Agent Carter. So it's it's a roller coaster, Pete. It's a roller coaster. I think we did the numbers. It it could be uh, sixty five hours of uh, of Marvel TV. Okay, forty four minutes, give or take, uh, over the the total of the. Uh, 2015 16 uh, TV season, if I can break uh, pseudo uh, time setting here. So uh, it, it could be an interesting year, Matt. Absolutely, absolutely. But Pete, do you know what the most interesting thing is about the entire the entire scope of Fantastic Geek? I have an idea you're going to tell me. Absolutely. It's that people get to interact with you on the Twitter. How can they do so? Well, in the future, when it's invented, you can go on Twitter and find me at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 6,298 followers. Can't be wrong. Wait, I thought the Twitter was what the Hepcats call some new, some new fancy, fancy thing. I'm it's a dance, confused. not unlike the jitterbug. Oh, got it, got it. Well, you can I'm find... I'm the jitterbug. Ooh, the Twitter bug! Wow, let's uh, let, let's uh, let's snap that up, snap up that handle before we uh, send this out. That's a pretty good one. Uh, I, of course, am on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, but you can be in touch with the podcast in a variety of ways. We are Fantastic Geek. That's fantastic with a ph on the Twitter, the dot com, the Gmail. But wait, there's more. Yes, Facebook.com forward slash Fantastic Geek. Again, spelled with a PH, all one word. Like us today. And we'll be there forever. Uh, again, if you're listening to, to us on the Agent Carter feed, we'll be back uh, late December, mid to late December. If you're listening to the Pop Culture Podcast feed, we'll see you this same time, same place next week to talk S.H.I.E.L.D. With that, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you, Pete, the final word. Anybody want to buy a lot of land in Hollywoodland? <laughs>